There are three essential stages to trauma recovery. I will cover what they are and why I recommend these three stages. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a therapist, coach, and the creator of the Polyvagal Trauma Relief System. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken, where I teach you how to live with more calm, confidence, and connection without the psychobabble. This podcast is, once again, of course, and always, not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. So this episode is going to help you to map out your own trauma recovery. No matter what path you are on, I think that these three stages are going to help you really flesh out, you know, maybe what you could do better or what's not going well or give you some next steps. I think this is also going to help you to better understand where I'm coming from as a content creator. Maybe you're brand new to the podcast. And you'll also get a better understanding of how I work as a therapist. If you're in California and you're interested in working with me, even remotely, you'll kind of get an idea of how I work or at least how I conceptualize the trauma recovery process. Uh, if, or if you're interested in work, working with me as a coach. And then also, if you're interested in my courses, you'll get an idea of how all of these things are mapped out and designed and how they work with each other. The first stage of trauma recovery is to equip yourself with really clear, accurate, precise, f- foundational knowledge. Knowledge is power. This is where things start in your trauma recovery process. Otherwise, you're going to be kind of following techniques and ideas and all these psychobabble, psychological concept kind of things that people throw out there. You'll be putting frozen peas on your chest to help yourself feel better. I saw that one recently. You'll be, you know, gargling or dunking your head in water. You'll be chasing anything and everything that seems to be helpful. And maybe it is fine. But when you start with some solid foundational knowledge pieces, it really puts you more in the driver's seat. I recommend polyvagal theory as your go-to foundational knowledge piece. That is science. It's a good thing that it is falsifiable. This can be disproven. As of right now, it seems to be a pretty darn good explanation for trauma and how people get stuck in defensive states. That's a lot different than going with some other belief system or psychological modality like internal family systems that requires you to first believe in something like having multiple parts, like you have a firefighter inside of you. That's a lot different than thinking about yourself as ego and id and superego or having a shadow or whatever the hell else is popular right now. If you have to start from belief, I think that's maybe helpful, but I think it's a better way to go. And, I, and for me, polyvagal theory is the, the place to go. It doesn't mean it excludes everything else. There are people inside of my community that really, they like the IFS stuff or shadow stuff or whatever else. So it's not exclusionary, but in my opinion, it is unnecessary. And if this intrigues you or you want to be mad at me, uh, follow the link in the description. It'll take you to a playlist where I go deep into why I think this way. But in my mind, and as far as the way that I work, polyvagal theory is the foundational knowledge, or at least a piece of it. I think attachment is a, is a very compelling piece of foundational knowledge as well. But Polyvagal theory is it for me. It lays out some really core pieces of information like the whole autonomic states and the polyvagal ladder. Basically that the way that we respond to safety or danger is by shifting into these different states that our body can have, like the safety state where we can socially engage, flight fight state where we can escape, or the shutdown state where we collapse and maybe go numb or dissociate. So understanding these states and the fact that that's not like we choose to, we just sort of shift in and out of them based on what we're neurocepting, which is a whole different uh, concept from polyvagal theory, but connected. When you learn these things, I think it provides a lot less judgment and there's more validation. There is, well, actually no judgment, I would say, more validation and more understanding for yourself. And 
if you can learn something like this and immediately reduce your shame and judgment and blame, that's going to set you up for a lot more success, I would argue. Polyvagal theory teaches a ton of stuff. Go to episodes 101 through 109 if you want to learn more about that. Again, I'll, I'll put a link in the description for you. Let's get on to stage two of trauma healing as far as the way I look at things and as far as the way I think polyvagal theory kind of maps out for us. That would be building the safety state or your vagal break. So after you've learned the polyvagal stuff and hopefully gotten a new uh, narrative for yourself with far less judgment and shame and self-blame, maybe even more compassion, who knows. But once you've got that, the next step is to strengthen your safety state. The basic idea here is that there are biological pathways from your brainstem that are responsible for social engagement or connection when you're safe. That means the things that you do like hugging others or smiling or making eye crinkles when you listen, those come from being in your safety state. Someone who's traumatized has less access to their safety state. So stage two would be in the trauma healing process would be to develop your safety state more. Safety is not just the literal environment. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not asking whether or not you're actually safe. Safety is about, it's a biological thing. It's about biology. And it's about those specific biological pathways, those ventral vagal pathways. When you strengthen those pathways, you also strengthen something called the vagal break. The vagal break is not a thing. It's actually, it's more of a, a function of the safety state. So that means if your safety state is strong enough, as you get defensive activation like flight or fight, then your vagal break basically calms it down. It keeps your heartbeat at, heartbeat at a calmer pace. So the stronger your safety state, that equals the stronger your vagal break. The stronger your vagal break is, the less defensive activation that you will have. And that means that your tr stuck traumatic state, your stuck defensive state, will have less hold over you, will, will be less dominant. You'll have more distress tolerance. If you would typically get triggered by, I don't know, let's say something in the environment, it might still be triggering, but maybe less so. And over time, much less so, and maybe even not at all at some point. So more distress tolerance. And part of this also is whatever trauma recovery journey you're on, maybe it involves uh, journaling or meditating or therapy. Commonly, when it comes to these avenues, the tra trauma narrative might come up. I don't recommend you jump into it until you're ready for that. But it's normal for the trauma narrative and details of the traumatic incidents or life circumstances for these things to come up. And if you're not ready for it, these things can be very dysregulating and even re-traumatizing. So if your vagal break is strong enough, you'll actually be able to tolerate the distress that comes along with these trauma narratives if that's part of your trauma recovery journey. The way that I work personally, I don't force this. I don't force people or push or pressure my clients to, you know, to share anything about well, I guess anything really, but I don't push them to talk about their trauma narrative. I don't think it's something they have to like plow through and repeat over and over again until they're numb to it. I don't work that way. Um, I think things come up when they need to come up. And that seems to be the case is if we can feel, first off, feel safety and then do the stage three stuff, which is actually feeling the defensive state, the narrative comes along with it as it needs to. And then at that point, they'll be able to share it though because their safety state is in a much stronger place. Building your safety state in your vagal break has a lot of benefits. The other one that I can think of right now is uh, having more calmness, curiosity, confidence, and connection, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But basically, all those really positive emotions and feelings and thoughts, those come along with 
the safety state. So the stronger your safety state is, the more of those positive kind of feelings you're going to have. Not just feelings, but uh, sensations internally and thoughts as well. And connections with other people and connections with yourself. Curiosity is going to be one of those things though. And that's actually going to lead us right to stage three. But you'll have more curiosity within stage two. You'll have more curiosity coming from safety. More curiosity about the external world and what it's like to be you in the external world but also what it's like to be you in your own internal world. I think you'll be more curious about what it's like to be you and not just the happy stuff, but also like what, what, what else is inside of you? What is that stuck defensive state actually like? You probably know what it's like when it's triggered and dysregulated and you're in a panic attack. But what about before that? What about when you're just, you know, moving through your day and you're, you might have a moment to just kind of reflect and look inward and ask yourself, what's it like to be me right now in this moment? But that all comes from curiosity. And that curiosity comes from having more access to your safety state. So after you learn the polyvagal theory or attachment or whatever foundational knowledge you want to set yourself up with, the next step is to build your safety state. Once you do that, you'll have more curiosity about what it's like to be you internally, your own internal world. And that brings us to stage three of trauma healing, which is mindfully experiencing your stuck defensive state. This can be scary, I know, and probably hearing this might be like, hell no, I'm not doing that. And you might not be there yet or ever, and that's fine. And by the way, just doing stage two, I put just in quotes here because just doing stage two brings a lot of benefits. And you might be like, you know what, I that's good enough. I'm, I'm done. I'm feeling more connection. I'm feeling more calm. I'm, I'm feeling more confident. And I'm good. I, I don't want to go further into my stuck defensive state. That is completely an option. That's up to you and, and what you think is best for you. But I do think that taking things one step further as you're ready to will naturally unfold, but also it, it is a choice you can make to delve further into. So just from stage two, you might notice less dysregulation, more curiosity, but to really get unstuck and truly relieve your trauma to your traumatic state to that next level, stage three is where the mindfulness, mindfully experiencing your stuck defensive state, that's where that comes in. So that means, yes, actually allowing and experiencing whatever stuck state that you have, flight, fight, shut down, freeze, by now, though, after you've completed or are, you don't really ever complete stage two, I don't think. It's just a constantly uh, unfolding thing. But by now, if you're entering stage three, then that means your safety state is strong enough to be able to welcome with curiosity those stuck defensive states. So I know right now it might sound terrifying, but if you do stage two and you build your vagal break enough, there will be an impulse within you that says, hey, I'm ready to go further. I, I want to know what, what else is going on inside of me and what it's truly like to be me without judgment and with welcoming and curiosity. The point here in stage three is not to make your feelings and your emotions and your thoughts go away. That might sound weird, but it's not about making it go away. It's not about just like coping with it and manage, uh, managing your symptoms. That's, that's not what this is about. You're presenting problems like panic and anxiety. Those might reduce that. I think that would be a natural result of this stage three stuff, but it's not the goal. And I know it sounds weird, but really the goal here in stage three is about bringing a gentle, non-judgmental awareness to what it's like to be you, to whatever is happening inside of you. Stage three is really more about welcoming 
your all of you, all of your feelings. And sadly, this is what I think most therapists, most therapeutic modalities that they miss. And uh, you know, in therapy school, we weren't we weren't taught the stage two stuff. We're told to kind of jump to stage three, but stage three in therapy school is more about making things stop, making things go away. What I'm saying here is after stage two, after you build your safety state, stage three is about welcoming all of you, not just the safety, but also the defense, welcoming it with compassion and curiosity, being an observer to what is happening within you. And mindfulness is a really big part of this. As you mindfully allow your polyvagal defensive states and just, you know, all of you, there is a natural self pro- self-regulation process that will unfold. So self-regulation is not forced. Discharging your stuck trauma or climbing your polyvagal ladder, it's not forced. It's something that is more like allowed. In my polyvagal trauma relief system, I have this method called allow to witness to experience. And what happens is as you first anchor in safety, you then allow your stuck defensive state to be present. After you do that, then you witness that stuck defensive state. And after you do that, then you directly experience that stuck defensive state. That's just a a very broad overview in the uh, polyvagal trauma relief system. I tell you in depth how to do each of those steps. So again, stage three is about being with yourself, all of yourself, without judgment, without making it go away. And the natural homeostatic self-regulation process will unfold on its own. But hey, that's kind of how I see trauma recovery, ladder climbing, trauma discharging. That's how I look at these things. That's how I kind of conceptualize it as three distinct overlapping, yes, but three phases that one can go through and each one builds upon the other. You can get all three of these trauma healing stages in one subscription plus access to my private community. I call it the total access membership. So you get my community, you get access to me, we, we uh, chit chat in the forum, but we also have twice monthly Q&A meetups. And yeah, you get all of my polyvagal trauma relief system, all three of my courses that address all three of these uh, trauma recovery stages. It's all in one subscription. It's called Total Access Membership. This is your invitation. I would love to see you in there and welcome you personally. I do also have a freebie for you. It's a nifty gifty. Um, and actually, it will fulfill stage one, which is learning about the polyvagal theory. I have a free ebook for you. It's called Trauma and the Polyvagal Paradigm. If you follow the link in the description, sign up for my email list, and you'll get the book for free. It's a. It's not like a little one. It's, it's a book. It's a book book or an ebook ebook. Um, But that'll fulfill stage one. You'll learn about the polyvagal theory in depth to get you rolling on this three-stage process, which is not quick. It's a long process, but hey, that's how I look at things. Thank you so much for listening. Fellow Stuckna, I do hope that this episode has been a helpful resource for you in learning about applying the polyvagal theory and taking some some, uh, steps on your own trauma recovery process. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only.